computer. Let you go. Hey, this is Wiki Spursy, Mike and Steve. Yep, that's right. You heard me correct. No D tonight. Uh, so if you came here expecting to get some D, you're out of luck tonight, unfortunately. Uh, it's just the two of us, but uh, we'll we'll try to do him proud. Do him proud. A good episode in his name. Um, Mike, good to see you. How you doing? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, over this weekend, I got sick and tired of looking at the yellow fucking walls in this room. Um, <laughs> so uh, my wife and I went, went shopping uh, and at the old home Depot and I bought some blue paint uh, and uh, some white paint and we went hog wild on this room. Um, so we started the whole, the whole painting and remodeling project down and down the podcast layer. Uh, next move is to, to get the, uh, this old 1990s style brown trim uh, painted white and uh, get some flooring down and uh, we'll be good to go. I mean, maybe we should probably put heat in this room at some point, but it's really comfortable down, down here in the summertime. So ah, that makes who sense. Knows? Who knows? Every <laughs> once in a while, I like, I have to, in the wintertime, I have to run like a, a space heater. So, but that's, that's fine. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, family's good. Uh, life is good. Uh, we had uh, a couple of decent matches to watch over the past week, which we'll talk about. But um, how are you doing? It sounds like you're uh, a little bit nasally. Yeah, sinus infection. It just won't go away. And it's awful because I can, like, I often can't really hear my own voice, right? Like, it's just one of those things you get used to. And it's like, yeah, I, I it's whatever. I can hear myself and I know I sound like shit. Um but other than that uh, going on, it's funny you mentioned space heaters because I've got one going behind me right now. Not because I am unhappy with the temperature in my office, but because I have tried to brew a batch of kombucha and it needs to be temperature controlled. Ah. So, so what's it going to be, like 70 yeah, it's got a, ideally it has to be like between 72 and 76. Holy cow, really, yeah. I mean, it can be lower, but it just takes longer to ferment at that point. Right, you um, have like the whole, you have like the whole blob and everything that. Yeah, floating yeah. on the top of that thing. Yeah, I've got yeah. a gallon jar it's in. Um, but literally like one day of having this in my office and trying to work, and I was like, no, fuck this. I, <laughs> they sell like a custom made like, warming blanket that you can wrap around um you know those gallon jars i was like i'm just fuck it it's 30 bucks i'm spending the money because i cannot deal with a what what is it in here 72 degree room like yeah. we keep our house at 65 and that's comfortable this that's, is just not that's like museum temperature 65 it's it's cozy you know i can i can be in my sweats and you know not have to worry about it but in here like the temperature difference is so stark, especially when it's as cold as it has been over the last few days. It's very noticeable. You know, I brewed, I, I've brewed beer in the past too. And like, 
I, I know all those fun little things that they have. Um, you know, are, are you doing a hard kombucha or are you just like, no, just a normal one, just, just to see one. how it's like. So I did, cause... I did a couple of batches of kombucha and it really fucked up my gut, man. I gotta tell you. Really? Oh man. I was a mess for like weeks. Uh, it's weeks. one of those things where like, you know, I had a, I, I bought a bottle at the store cause I was just in the zone for it. And, uh, you know, when you're spending three fifty on a drink, it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just make the, it's tea. Damn it. Like I'll make the goddamn thing myself and just stick it to big kombucha out there trying to overcharge you for bullshit. So you had to like buy the whole, you had to buy the blob or did you have somebody? Yeah, I had to, to buy a, uh, I had a friend who was going to give me some, uh, but she's up in Toronto and, uh, I don't think it would survive that trip. So. Got you. Got you. Uh, and is it the other, the last question, is it fruited? Uh, not right now though. This is just straight, um, straight oolong, like black. I think is what I went with. Yeah. Oolong? Okay. So not black tea. Okay. I use, I use black tea in, in mine. It, it, it's absurd. The amount of fucking sugar you got to use. Yeah, literally a cup per gallon. That's insane. Yeah, yeah it is insane. I um, felt kind of wrong pouring all that in there. <laughs> it's like Kool-Aid when you're a kid, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly it. Good kombucha is just a don't like Kool-Aid yeah. at this point. <laughs> uh, the yeah, witch's so brew. Comes out. Yeah, we'll I, see, I, we'll I bet it will. I bet it will. Um, you know, it's tasty. Kombucha's tasty. It just messes with my gut. It's not it's not great for me. It's it's a it's a probiotic, but yeah. And I'm you know, antibiotic, just, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, we had um we had a couple of uh football matches. Uh we this, did this past week. Uh you want to get us started? Yeah, I want to get us started by just having a laugh at Neil Mope. Uh <laughs> the fucking biggest douchebag that i've seen play over these uh last two games i mean for somebody who is just not that great he has quite a fucking ego on him uh you know to score that goal and do the dart celebration it's like bro you first off you score too early you know second like do you really have beef with james fucking madison of all people like I, I don't is there history there i don't get it no there's um, not really history but like from what i've been reading and what i've heard there's like uh thomas frank has this thing where his teams because he he's always been with these teams that that never seem to be able to spend the amount of money to be able to keep up so his teams are they always play that kind of rile up the other team type of a type of a game and it it does it gets guys off their game it got spurs off their game a little bit yeah it did and that was kind of interesting to see uh but the reason i want to laugh at uh fucking mope here is because he scored first again today versus city and uh phil foden took it personally and got a hat trick to uh you know once again they've conceded three goals in back-to-back games so it's just it's it's funny to me that uh this egotistical shit player keeps getting these goals and then their team just fucking collapses and they can't even do anything with it. Mope does have like five goals in six games though. So, I mean, I'll give him that. Uh, he, he does score. He does. <laughs> have they won any of those six games though? <laughs> no, they, they don't, they haven't won because they're Brentford. Um, yeah. And there it is. <laughs> and there it is. That, no, uh, but the, I mean, 
you're spot on, right? Like it did rile us up for a bit. Um, and it was kind of, you know, honestly, I, I love Ange Ball. You know, I, for any of the criticisms that I have uh, with how the squad plays, I, it's interesting. Like, I don't really blame him for it. Like there's the, the, you can see the tactics trying to work. It's just the personnel aren't pulling it off. And I think it's quite apparent that that's happening. Like, where did we lose the battle over the last couple of games? Midfield. You know, Benson Kerr wasn't at his strongest. Uh, Madison, he got, you know, he can only do so much as just one person. And then this, you know, Skip is not really cutting it for what we need. And then Hoybier comes in and he's not really cutting it for what we need. And so there's, there's a path to an upgrade there. Um, you know, it, it, sticking with the Brentford match in particular, because I was about to go off on SAR. Um, but sticking with Brentford, it's, we, we got riled up. Um, I'm a little annoyed at the uh, officiating again, just because um, that challenge on Vicario, I've seen that given literally every other game that I have watched, except for this Spurs-Brentford match. Like, I feel, you know, they even made a comment on the broadcast, you know, goalkeepers are protected species or whatever. And yeah, it's true. And it can be frustrating where like the slightest touch on a goalkeeper has a goal called back. But like the dude wasn't making any attempt to play the ball. He was literally leading his body in. That to me was textbook impeding the goalkeeper and it wasn't called. And I swear I would bet that if it was Arsenal, if it was United, if it was fucking Man City, that call goes in favor of the goalkeeper 100% of the time. And you saw it happen. And you saw it happen again in the Everton match. I mean, obviously, it's working, right? It it happened. It happened uh, a couple of times in the Man U game, where you had guys like kind of backing themselves in. It happened in the Man City game for the for the uh, for the goal uh, that sunk us. Um, It happened in Brentford, and it happened in, in with the Everton match. Now, I mean. You got to think at some point, this has got to be recognized and it, it it's an issue. Um, For sure. With Focario it, and, 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 you know, the defensive set piecing. I, I, I honestly, I, I want to give the benefit of the doubt to, to Vicario, but I, I, if in the way that I'm seeing it and the way that I'm looking at it, he's not doing anything to change it. I understand that he likes to have maybe the open path in front of him to run and catch the ball. Um, you know, if, if he has to, um, but he, they've obviously, the other teams have obviously identified a weakness, right? If he's not in his weakness is if he's not allowed to run out and catch that ball, then those, they're going to have opportunities to score in those set pieces, you know, impeding the goalkeeper. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe not. The only t- the only thing that's going to stop this is if he fucking finds a way to either to either you know alert the referees to it, which means he has to make a challenge at it where to a point where it actually looks like a foul. Maybe he has to pull off a little bit of the dark arts, or or he has to actually foul somebody in the box 
for it to be recognized. I mean, but at this point for me, it's this is Vicario's issue, and it's an issue with the coaching of the defensive set pieces because there's nothing that's being done. He sets up his box. You know, we need somebody yeah. at the we we're going to need somebody at the near post. Like otherwise, you're going to have you every single. I don't care who you are. Every single Premier League team has a guy on their team who specializes in whipping that ball into the six-yard box. And they're just going to keep doing it to us over and over and over again until we either find a way to stop it or find a way to get those those fouls called when, I honestly, I'm not sure that they're fouls. But the thing that annoys me about it is mostly the inconsistency. Like I said, 10 times out of 10, if that's Arsenal or if that's City, if that's United, Liverpool, it gets called in favor of the keeper, right? It's Spurs that it goes against. It's bottom table teams that it goes against. It's just the inconsistency is there. And that, you know, frankly, it applies across everything. Because um, wasn't uh, wasn't Vandeven fouled in the box, you know, clear hug from behind, dragged down, no penalty called. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one was, was even more obvious because even the fucking biased ass commentary was like, oh, yeah, that's a penalty. And then VAR fucking does nothing about it. Nothing. Um, you know, I it's getting to the point where I wish the ref on the field would make the call and let VAR overturn the call instead of waiting for VAR to make the decision. And that's been the problem this year. A lot of the time um, outside of the what happened with the Liverpool match. I mean, and you're seeing it a lot. You know, you're if you're allowing you're allowing offsides to go. You're allowing fouls to go. I mean, the the play to advantage has been has been i would say outrageous this year um and and it's like let var make the call instead of the guy in the field like like the guy in the field has enough to do already but the, the, prob- the problem the problem is, is, is yeah, it, it's laziness it is lazy you know they look at some of these you know 50 50 decisions or even you know 60 40 70 30 and they think you know they're if I call it, it could get overturned. So let's just let VAR call it. And in a lot of those instances, if they make the decision on the field, there's not enough for VAR to say, well, there's nothing to overturn it. It's not a clear and obvious error, right? So they're stuck in this place where like a lot of these split decisions end up going kind of against the team that rightfully, in my opinion, deserves it 80% of the time. Um, it just sucks. The, the biggest issue that I have with this VAR thing, though, of all the issues that are going on with VAR, has to be the offsides bullshit. If it's that fucking obvious that it's offsides, that literally um, us in a pub halfway around the world can look at it in real time and go, he's offsides, and the linesman is clearly there and knows it's offsides and can put his flag up fucking 45 seconds later. Just fucking put your flag up, dude. It, it's obvious. You don't need to play advantage and let VAR say whether or not it's offside. You can see it with your fucking eyes. Right. Yeah. That is egregious to me. That is egregious. Um, let's get into some of these. And I think we could actually, we can r- kind of lump both of these games in together because... Um, some of our deficiencies are, are starting to show through and, um, at, you know, we're getting players back from AFCON. Um, we're getting players back from injury. 
um, and everybody needs a little time to bet in. Um, then you have the guys who have been out there playing through all of it, right? Um, we have to, at some point, stop making excuses. Right? Absolutely. So we we said, oh, you know, we've got nine nine st- nailed on starters injured. We've got eleven guys out. We've got you know six guys injured now, and we have three guys at Afcon and and the Asia Cup. You know, when are the excuses going to end? They. And and I know that it's it's kind of a bleak outlook. We're in the middle of a of a rebuild. Where it's a project. Blah 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 blah. We we know all this stuff, but we have to at some point, as fans, start start thinking there might actually be a real issue here. And the real issue to me is the fact that we have talented players who we have a lot of talented players who are out there and can do the job who in the past couple of seasons weren't fit enough to play this type of system that now that they're now finding themselves in. And even if you even look at guys like, like a Jogi who played in, who, you know, played in Italy, he, he started to show some signs of wear and tear and, and and being tired, Decky, who consistently is one of the top five runners in the league every single year that he's been here, like these guys are being worn out, and it leads to mistakes, and it leads to what some people are saying is laziness. You know, Decky the other day in in the Everton match, even when he got in there, he I know like. He didn't start. Brennan Johnson, deservedly so, got his goal, deserved the start, right? Decky needs some time off, and maybe he needs like a week or two to recover where he's just kind of sitting on the bench and doing whatever. But the guy is wiped out, man. Then you have Saar coming back. He doesn't have enough time to kind of bed back in. He's got to be out there right away because of the deficiencies of players like Skip and Hobby. Like, yep, absolutely. Like, those guys can't, like, Hoiberg, I think if we had a Basuma out there, if we had a fully functioning Bentenker, also doesn't look right to me. Like, Bentenker is like at a stage where Sonny was last year. Like, he's still injured, dude. I still think oh, absolutely. he's injured. And he's not the same player. Um, if we had a fully functioning Basuma or a, or, or a Bentenker back there who could, who could do the work, we Decky, we wouldn't have to rely on on Hobby to to be playing. Hobby would be the guy that he was at the beginning of the season, where he was actually pretty successful. Coming Comes in, in for like the last 10, 15 minutes, yeah, and just and, and shores up, yeah. everything up. But right now, we find ourselves scoring early because we come out, we have a lot of energy. We're scoring early, we're getting on the board, and then kind of sitting back and playing defense. And I don't think that's the way to go. Destiny, Destiny is his past two games. I think were abysmal. Yeah, abysmal. he's been he's been pretty rough, and I think you're spot on. There's just you know who do you stick there, right? Like it's Davies, tired. Yeah, uh, they're tired. You know, yeah, it's exactly it. Um, and it just highlights the lack of depth, right? Especially with players that you know are are coming back from injury, they're coming back from international bullshit. Um, 
But yeah, it's it's like I'm saying at the beginning, right? I don't see it as a tactical issue because I do believe that the way Ange has it set up is super effective. It's fun to watch and and it it produces the goals. It's got the the coverage uh, defensively, except that people are burnt out. That the players, especially in that midfield area, are just incapable of really doing exactly what we need to succeed. You know, when you've got James Madison coming back from injury and he doesn't have any time to really bet in and he's expected to, like, throw the team on his shoulders and do it all, it just wasn't effective. It wasn't really working. Um, You know, we've got – and then you've got Werner, who I thought has been really bright since coming in, but he hasn't played in a while. He's tired himself. You know, he he doesn't have the endurance. He showed it, too. I mean, he had a couple of hockey assists in the Everton match, which was great. Um, it, you know, and then, it, it, but it unfortunately makes the guys who are fit and who are in there and can make the, can make the adjustments and, and can, um, can be out there and play a full 90 minutes. Those guys like, like Richarlison, um, like Mickey Van de Ven, like Christian Romero, Pedro Porro, those guys aren't making mistakes because they are fit. They're, they are healthy. Um, but man, you know, I, I, it's just Richarlison is relentless on his, on his pressing. He's relentless. He comes back and plays defense. He pops up in the midfield. He does what needs to be done for this club. And he's kind of right now making people start to start, start to forget uh, a, a certain number 10 that we had, uh, Let's talk about those goals, Steve, because man, both of those were very in the uh, Everton match. Yeah, very Kane esque. They were so. I th- was it you who shared that video in our WhatsApp? Um, the once two touch analysis. No. no, that was not me, but I, I, I think it might have been Nick. Ah, uh, Nicky Wiggs. It's a too bad he couldn't show up and take credit. Um. So there was a video for, for our listeners out there that we were watching uh, a little bit over the weekend uh, that basically <clears> talked <throat> about um, this concept where these strikers are getting, you know, one, two touch, and then they're firing off at goal uh, and how that tends to be a bit more effective. Uh, and Richarlison is like league leading at one, two touch and then shoot. Um, and both of those goals I noticed after watching uh, the Everton match, he they were one touch goals. He just shot like absolutely fucking nothing. He's yeah, the first one was like on full rip. volley, right? Was that full, yeah, yeah, full volley, man. But that's, the, that's know, some wild shit. I thought the ball came like off the ground. But that's that's what I want the team to be doing more of. You know, when we're at our worst. Uh, attacking, it's we're taking way too many touches, too many passes. We're slowing things down when we should just be, you know, speeding things up, if anything, uh, to try to penetrate a defense. But we're just, you know, four passes around the box. All right, let's bring it back to Romero, who can cycle it out to the opposite side, and then we'll take another four touches. And and nothing ever comes from that. It's got to be quick and decisive. Um, But unfortunately... We're just sort of out of sorts, especially in that midfield link-up where we cannot get those one and two touches. Because when we got them, Werner, Udogi, uh, Richarlison over the last couple of games, those goals, one, two touch goals. Bam, 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 they're in. Yeah, It's 
you have to go at it with that speed. If you let the team settle, if you let them cover and close off those lanes, nothing's ever going to happen, especially if you're not whipping crosses into the box to try to, you know, get that header in there, right? Like, we yeah. we just don't have that capability. Well, we don't right now. Um, I, I think that in a, in a few weeks, uh, eight to 12 weeks, whenever we get fucking sun back from that, God awful fucking Asia Cup tournament with the 322 countries in it. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> whenever we get Son back from that, I think things are going to change a little bit. Um, could he not have just let them get knocked out versus Australia? Like, did he have to score that superb free kick goal to send him through? Yes, he did. What a dick. I know because <laughs> that's what he does. That's what he does. Um, did, but let's, he, I. I do want to mention, um, because, yeah, it's great to have Sun coming back, and and Werner, I think, is a great understudy to him. But the problem that I'm really having right now, some of the guys on the bench that we could bring in are not game changers. Brian Hill? Nope, he's not He's not it for me. And frankly, because I just to go on a little bit of a rant here, frankly, uh, what I've seen from Jamie Donnelly in his brief appearances, his limited minutes, to me... He is doing more in a first-team setting on the field to warrant a call over Brian Hill, who is, like, he gets pushed around. He's not really contributing much. You know, Donnelly even getting that, you know, tactical yellow card uh, against Brentford. That was fucking brilliant, actually. It it really was. That was, was a, a sign, smart, that was a sign of a smart very play. smart player, yeah. Brian Hill doesn't do that. He would bounce off the fucking player and, you know, lose possession and all of a sudden we're, you know, a man out of play. Donnelly's to me, got... Hill is not doing enough to to warrant a place. You know, he's got to get loaned out or sold or something. I think that Don Donnelly is more of a like-for-like like with James Madison than any other player that we have. Um, and I think he might even have um, some skills that James Madison doesn't have. Uh, I Like, I... I He's a big, bigger bodied. Um, he may not be as quick to pass, but he can pick out those passes. He's got the ability to, um, you know, to to play hold up uh, when he needs to. He has the ability to come back and track back and play defense when he has to. I, I, I just can't understand for the life of me how he can't get in. And I, it, and it has to be like that kind of that next man up thing that that you know, um, like. It has to be like the the Dragushin situation where this guy needs some minutes, but the only way he can get in is is to play, to come in and play back up to Skip or Hoiberg, um, you know, in a position that he's not familiar with. And maybe that's throwing off the team because, you know, Thomas Frank made made the actual observation and, and actually said it on in his press conference after the match. He said, you know. And at one point they went to a back five and I've, and I've never seen that out of Ange before he's, you know, he admitted that like he's watched the tape and he's never seen that out of this Tottenham team. And, and Ange doesn't play a back five. And it's like, we're at a point right now where again, we're tired. We're beat up. Um, we're almost two thirds through the season and we're well, actually just over half, but we're we're scoring early but getting worn out and and ending up on the back end just being like 
holding on for your dear life. And that's no way to play, man. We watched that shit for the past two and a half years. Oh, three Absolutely. years. And why do we want to go through that shit again? We Absolutely. don't want to go through that shit again. I don't want to sit there and watch watch us struggle to keep up. Just, I will to, just say, to hold on to leads. You know, speaking about squad depth and, uh, you know, impact players off the bench, I, I do like what I see out of Dragosin. Um when he comes on, that dude is relentless. He's he's like Romero, um, and I I do think that in time when he's kind of settled into the league, settled into the rhythm, and uh, maybe has learned a bit from Romero, you know, some of these uh, bulldozer esque type challenges maybe um, are timed a little bit better. Uh, but I, I do like the aggression. I do like the confidence that he's got. Um, and then there's just one other guy who I've got some question marks around. Uh, and I'm curious to hear your take. And then I've got a question for you um, after that. Dane Scarlett. So thinking about Richarlison and his, um, you know, his his impact recently, he's been a phenomenal player for us. He's pressing, you know, you've correctly identified he's getting back and defending. He's dropping into midfield. He's all over the place. He's at risk of burnout, too, at some point, right? And when you think of the striker option to get out there, you know, we loaned Valise to Sevilla uh, and we've got Dane Scarlett. And I do believe personally that the only reason that we did that is because Dane Scarlett cannot be loaned to another team. So we had to send Valise out. But if all things considered, I would much rather have Valise on the bench ahead of Scarlett because I think he has shown that he's got the strength and he's got um, the smarts to kind of be that understudy. Whereas I don't know that Dane has necessarily shown that um, over the last couple of games in a Spurs shirt, he certainly hasn't had the opportunity to do much Mm -hmm. on his loan spells. Um, So it's just unfortunate to me that that's kind of who we've got in the wings for Richarlison if we need it. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, man, um, you know, you you don't have a like for like with Richarlison. There's there's nobody like him, right? Um, Dane Scarlett's been in and out of the first team uh, at Tottenham. He's been on loans, um, so, uh, some successful, some unsuccessful. Um, you can tell when he's out there now that he's he's actually he's put some weight on. He's a he's more built. He less he looks less like a little boy than than he used to. You know. Yeah. He doesn't look scared being out there. I mean, he's it's only been the out there like a couple me. of times, right? Yeah. But like, <clears throat> um, I I just wish we had been able to do more with Dan Scarlett, and he's still young. Um, that's yeah, that's why you I know, and and I, I, I just hope now. that we haven't ruined him, you know, in the <laughs> end. But um, I, Valise for me is yeah, he's a guy that that I think he'll do well on a loan. Um, absolutely especially a team like Sevilla who plays absolutely. the way they do like yeah so I've got no problems with the Lees getting the minutes um the only problem that I have is I wish Dane would be the one to be loaned out so the Lees could come in and get the right, crucial right. experience in the league but you and know Sevilla they're not pushovers you know they're kind of you know struggling right now but there's a good team in there that can benefit from somebody like him picking up goals Right. I I just I just don't I just don't know that even Valise is going to be the guy in the end. Um yeah. I think I'm... I think now that we have Werner, we're 
we we really have to f- start thinking about how that how that front line is going to rotate. You know, you're you're going to have Werner, Son, Richie, Decky, Johnson. Like you're going to have guys that are are interchangeable, and when everybody is healthy and fit and back in the swing of things, it's going to be fun to watch again. It's there's no doubt about that. You know, we're not doing great things this year. I mean, we need to resign ourselves to that fact. Yeah. Um, I mean, we hear people going, oh, we're only four points off the top, off the top three, you know, or top two. Uh, we're only, you know, we're only six points off the top, uh, you know, uh, top of the league. And it's like, yeah, but you have to look at what those teams in front of us are doing. And those teams in front of us right now, I mean, Aston Villa's kind of hit a little bit of a rocky patch, but they're still, they're still a good team. Uh, Manchester City, um, you know, Liverpool right now is just hanging on to the is just hanging on to that spot as a placeholder for them right now. Um, yeah. Liverpool got run over by a very good Arsenal team who this year has had their ups and downs. So, you know, I think that we have to expect a little bit, a little bit less than I think a lot of Spurs fans are expecting. Sure. Yeah. Fine. Get pissed off about the game the other day because that Everton match, it did feel like, that that draw felt more like a loss than anything. Yeah, because, and I will because say because like, like we were inches away, like Romero was inches away. If he got up one more inch in the air, like that ball is yeah. going over the top, right? I mean, or it's 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 or it's going off to the side. It, you know, it's going out. You know, like stupid little things that piss you off like that. You sure get upset about that stuff, but you know, it is still a process, and you know. Like, you know, obviously, fuck, yeah, trust the process, and, but like, and the players are getting pissed off too, which I like to see. Van de Ven just refusing to speak to anybody because he's so irritated and, and angry that they uh, uh, yeah. couldn't get the win. I think, hey, I think, you know, he, there's some he worked there. his dick. He worked his dick off that, like, he he just does. I just don't want I, him to work I so hard him. that he that he pops <laughs> that hamstring again. I know that hamstrings Absolutely. are Absolutely. hamstrings are tough things. Rapid fire real quick. Uh, Werner, right now, do you pay the 15 mil? Yes. Perfect. I mean, I completely agreed. I think he's shown enough to to warrant it. And that 15 million is fucking nothing for what will inevitably be a squad rotation option with Sun. Um, but the most important question, Mike, we are in February. Are we ready to get wet? Oh, yeah. So wet. So wet. <laughs> we, we can't give you the D, but we can still get wet. Uh, oh boy <laughs> hey mike what you drinking hey look at this um i have, have no more na crap <laughs> no more na crap i've been drinking uh i've been drinking straight up uh tonight i was drinking a fine pilsner beer uh miller light um but right now steve what i'm drinking and uh this is something uh the the discord that i'm uh part of for the extra inch um Posted uh posted some stuff about uh, about you know sours. I, I must say, uh, without Dave here, without the D, uh, we could really use an extra inch tonight. <laughs> we could, we could, uh, <laughs> we we're going to be getting an extra inch in a couple of weeks. I I, I believe, I believe. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, uh, scandalous, scandalous. <laughs> so um, they were talking about sours. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Obviously, like, 
they're talking about in the beer thread they're talking about you know such and such a sour and such as i think it was i think it was windy actually who had had who had had this uh one sour and I, the discussion just came like what you know i was just like i just couldn't couldn't ever get into them and i'm just kind of late to the party now because now sours i feel like are going to the going the route of the ipas where like you went from having traditional sours you know your your belgian sours and your your lambics and and um and the Flemish style or Flanders red ales, like those types, types of beers, you know, beers that are fermented at high temperatures. Um, now they're like getting like crazy. So you're adding all these fruits and all these different adjuncts to them to, to, to give them different tastes and give them, you know, and uh, I guess I'm kind of late to the game because I was still hooked into that IPA, that IPA world. And I just haven't, like gotten into the sours i saw this one today and it kind of struck me as kind of funny so i had to grab it um i was at the at the market uh in in the beer cave and uh it's green empire brewing whom i absolutely love but i if you remember correctly i think the last beer we did from them was not great yep that's Um, right i do this one uh what, what struck me kind of funny is that uh this is nothing close to what anything that i ever do uh which is join a run club. <laughs> it's called run club. It's a fruited sour. It's got mango and passion fruit. So, okay. Uh, okay. Interesting combo. I like yeah, it. So for all the folks who thought I would go directly to an IPA, uh, after my fuck dry you. January, fuck you. You don't know me. So here's the thing. You can't put I... me in a box. <laughs> you see, the thing is, I, here's the thing. I really like sours, um, but what I'm finding, because you're right, like there's a lot more people who are doing these fruited sours, um, and I just, the only real pet peeve I have is what they call it a fruited sour, and it's not sour. Um, you know, it's it's good. It's a nice, you know, fruited beer, but it's not a sour. Like, it, Hermit Thrush does a good fucking sour where you're like, face is puckered, drinking that fucking thing. That entire, like, yeah, that entire brew, that's what, that's their thing is sours. Yeah, they're fantastic. Highly recommend if you're ever in Brattleboro, Vermont, Hermit Thrush, great for, uh, you know, these nice uh, sour beers. But uh, yeah, a lot of the, the you know, up and coming ones, they're fruited. Yeah, they're tasty, sure, but they're not really, I, I wouldn't call them sours. I don't know what you would call them, um, but I don't know. I just, I prefer mine to have more of that, like, Ugh, like you know this really fucking hits you like uh, it puckers you and it like yeah yeah hits like, you it's like right be a in the full back fucking of the body tongue. experience yeah <laughs> so um what, we did a beer like, when we had ricky on that was it wasn't a sour though it was a i think it was a mango ipa and we discussed how i'm not a big fan of the smell of mangoes um this one's not bad um <laughs> So straight off the straight off the top here, for anybody who uh, is listening, I'll, I'll, I'll actually anybody who who is is anybody watching this? Oh, that looks. Uh, There's two people okay. watching this. This is great. Um, two. It's you and me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it could be us. <laughs> That'd be fun, uh, right? Um. So yeah. Um. It's an okay looking beer. It's definitely a cloud. It's kind of cloudy. 
Um, definitely can't see through it. Um, it smells. It's got that. It's got the mango kind of. Yeah, it's got a lot of mango coming out of it. Um, passion fruit. It's got a nice soapy head. Um, the thing that I noticed when I was pouring it, really fucking fizzy. But it, so I poured. This was the first part of it that I poured was in this glass, and it dissipated so quickly. So uh-huh. there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of carbonation built up in those cans. Um, I hope I like it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Looks like a sour. Smells like a sour. Does it taste? Well, it like smells a sour. like fucking mangoes. But let's get after this. Fair enough. Here he goes. I'm not seeing any puckering yet, folks. Uh, which, oh, uh, there's a little, yeah, no. little puckering there. It was there. There we go. All right. All right. Um, I think it's. I think it's a good beer. Um. Oh, David, I can't. Here's the problem: is it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't taste like a beer to me. It doesn't have like. It doesn't have that kind of alcohol bite you get with a beer. What is the alcohol percentage on this? We used to we used to read this shit off. It's six yeah. percent. It doesn't drink like a six percent. It tastes almost like it's an overcarbonated mango soda. Interesting. It does have that. It does have that passion fruit taste. It's got the mangoes. It's just like overcarbonated. Um, it tastes like a soda. And I don't yeah. know. Like it's almost like six percent even... too. Huh. Yeah, it's almost like you can't even tell there's alcohol in it. For some people, that might be a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, for some people, if they want to get drunk. Absolutely. This sounds like it's the beer for you. Um, this might actually, like, not knowing sours that well. I, I guess I could do an IPA every week, and, and we could get through this, or, or a, any kind of a lager or a, pil- a pilsner. Um. I would I would love to hear anybody's like take on what sour beers should be like because um for me I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan of this beer. It's got an odd taste to it. I am on the fence with my score. I'm going to stick with uh I'm going to stick with what I got. Okay. Damn it, I um, can't enter. No, don't no. look. Don't look. Don't look. Um I can't. I can't. Stop. Um I'm going to go 3.0 on this one. Um, oh, nice round number. Fuck me. Um, I'm, I'm uh, sure... How do you know? I was I was stuck between 3.1 and 2.9. I should have just split the fucking difference. Um, I, I don't want to say that it's a terrible beer because, again, I'm not the biggest, probably the best judge of sour since I am new to the game. I just... Hey, if it's There's something you, it's about it that just... It's not it's not hitting me right. Yeah. And that's fine. Um we'll just go to a lager or something next week. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't even explain some some of the stuff on the cans uh will t- explain it for you. Like why it's called Run Club, but this has nothing on it. They must just be fans of running. Um which should be a big red flag to me. I mean, if you're a fan of running, uh <laughs> Something wrong with you. Yeah, nobody likes to run. Who does that? Um, <laughs> Not in Dombele. 
Not in Domblin, that's for sure. He likes French fries. Um, I like French fries too. That was um, a joke. So... That was a joke because he's French. Um, <laughs> uh, French fries. All right. What um, about a uh, what about a song? Let's go with. Um, let's go with something stupid. I could go with something stupid. You know, because because I, I want to believe that these are good beers. That this is a good beer. I want to believe. That's why I left it at a three. I didn't go below three because I don't know if it's a bad beer or not. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Believer, Imagine Dragons. Interesting. And I know the song has nothing to do with with the way I just described it, but I just, I it makes me, I, yeah. It, it's a good song. It's a good beer. I'm sure it's a good beer. For somebody. For someone, just not me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that just really defines Imagine Dragons. You know, it's it's probably good for somebody, just not for me. Yeah, like teenage girls. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. like that, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just thinking because my daughter likes Imagine Dragons. I don't know. I'm sure that like teenage girls like Imagine Dragons. You know, I, I brought her, I brought her to an Imagine Dragons show when, when she for her 11th birthday and it was fun man it was fun we had a good time yeah it's those are one of those things where uh i'm starting to pick up on it. it's like are, am i just out of touch now or are the kids really just wrong i think, I think it's, it's the kids who are wrong i think it's a little of both no i i refuse to believe that i am out of touch i i i'm hip i'm with it <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that I, I just this has been this has been uh, hey Mike uh, we had Runners Club from Green Mountain Brewing Green Empire Brewing Green Empire Brewing fuck uh, and the song was uh, Believer by Imagine Dragons uh, there we 3. go one yeah we'll get that in the notes or something I don't know it was a three point oh not a three point one you guessed sorry 3. I was I, I I did guess three point one and I was hoping I could take credit but um, <laughs> and you can't take it back either I can't nope nope so I guess uh, we'll just move on from here and, and take a look ahead. Uh, looks like we've got Brighton coming up Woo-hoo. real soon too. Um, what do we think about Brighton? Um, Brighton is going to be a, so Brighton was real fucking pissed off after they got run by fucking Luton, right? Yeah. Uh, they got real <laughs> fucking pissed off and they took out their anger on Crystal Palace. Um, Crystal Palace, who, um, just like every other middling to low mid-table club, um, is pissed off at their owners, right? Uh, so their Crystal Palace is in really, really bad form right now. They've got guys that are out. They've, they're another one of those teams, along with Newcastle and Spurs, who just, like, endured amazing amounts of injuries this year, right? Like... 67-year-old Jordan Ayew was their best player. Um, <laughs> so um, Brighton came back, came on, and, and took well advantage of that. Now, this should be on the Spurs fucking revenge list. Like, Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's come off, and we're going to cross that name off the list this week. Um, I, I, Brighton, uh, who... 
you know, have have a coach that I used to really that I used to like. I think he's a dickhead. Um, they got a lot of really good players that are very very dangerous. Joe Pedro is dangerous. Uh, Evan Evan Ferguson, Pascal Gross is um, is one of the most exciting players I think in the league. So they have a lot of really good exciting players. I think that. Um, like I said, I think that Spurs are out for a little bit, little bit of revenge. We don't have to play at the MX. We're playing this one at home, right? Yep. So, um, this is a perfect time to take advantage of of a team that thinks they're coming off a great win, um, that that thinks they're back on on the right track, that thinks that they're going to be moving up the table back to where they believe they should be. And I think this is the perfect opportunity for Spurs to come out, punch them in the mouth and, and, and any hopes of, of a Brighton resurgence. Now that said, um, all that can change due to all the factors that we talked about, um, you know, in, in the, in the review of the, of the two matches we played this week, all of that can change. Um, Guys need to recover, you know, guys need to need rest. They need recovery time. Um, and I, it's going to be hard to run with this Brighton team, Brighton, it, Like they they just got Matoma back. Uh, he's fit again. And that guy can run the, run the wheels right off the bus. Right. So they're going to try and get out with us. They're going to run. And uh, I got a feeling that, that, you know, one of the hardest things to do in all of sports is to beat a team twice. Because adjustments are made, um, tactics are changed, that kind of stuff. And um, it's even tougher when you have beat them at your home and you have to go to their place and try and beat them for a second time. I think that Brighton is going to be in for a big surprise. And I think Spurs actually win this one big. You think so? I, I think it's I think it's big. Yeah, for me, um, I, I completely agree. I don't know if it's going to be a, a super big win, but I do think that, uh, you know, this for me is the, you know, put your money where your mouth is type game. Uh, when we lost to them at the end of December, I said, you know, if we have James Madison in the team fit and ready to go, we win this game. James Madison is back. He's fit. Um, we've got a solid week of rest between when we last played and, and, when we uh, kick off against Brighton, that's plenty of time to recover. That's plenty of time to, you know, bed some of these other guys in. I think we're going to see a much uh, more impactful midfield. If I had to guess, uh, it's probably going to be Madison uh, with Sar and Benton Kerr supporting, um, which seems like it would be a really solid option, especially if Benton Kerr can kind of shake off some of the cobwebs uh, over this next week. We'll probably see Richarlison taking top spots, uh, Werner out on the left, of course. I think we're going to see Decky on the right. Uh, that's my guess. And then, you know, unchanged back line, unchanged goalie. Um, and yeah, I do think that we're probably best positioned to get that win. Uh, you know, the team is riled up. Uh, they've been leaking some goals. They've been, you know, they they let a win escape them in the dying minutes of a game. And this is a young team, right? They're hungry. There's fire in them. We can see that. We know that Ange isn't the type to just sit back and, you know, invite pressure on. He's going to be telling these guys to get out there and, and 
kill the game, kill it as quickly as you can. You know, if you want the rest, you better put the game to bed early on. So, yeah, I do think it's going to be a Spurs win. Um, I'm still a little nervous about it because uh, Brighton can be a very high scoring team. But yeah, like I said, they're yeah, they're super high octane. Uh, they they run they will run your run you right out of the stadium. But can they outrun Van de Ven? <laughs> I, I, we have I, Van de Ven back. Yeah, I, I and, and just to speak on that a little bit, Van de Ven, I feel you know has we've been getting a lot of shit lately because because Spurs are like like you said leaking goals, and people don't who don't watch Spurs on a on a weekly basis. You'll say to them. Van de Ven is probably the best center back in the league and they'll laugh at you because look at all the goals we're giving up. Look at all the goals that we would look at all the more goals we'd be giving up if he weren't there. Yep. Absolutely. If it were Ben Davis, if it were even, even if it was Dragushin, uh, like, you know, His nobody, speed. nobody's got the pace. Nobody's got that. The way that he, he slides into a tackle He's got that big, long, sweeping, sweeping leg that comes through. He catches the ball every time. He's he's very precise in his slide tackles too. Like yeah, he's he's smart about it. And the, you know, you would think that a guy that that runs that fast, at, like with with the as tall as he is, he is, would be out of control when he comes into a tackle like that. Like it's not no. violent at all. It's almost like poetry in motion. Like. Slow it down, and it's so fucking beautiful to watch. Absolutely. He's, so, in my estimation, he is times, the best center back in the league. There were a couple of times in that match uh, versus Everton where, and it's funny because you're, you're absolutely right. His his tackling is it's calculated. He's not lunging into these things hoping that he'll get the ball. He's lunging in knowing he's, he's going to get the ball. Yeah. Um, but but what impresses me the most is how he's capable of, you know, being in that shoulder-to-shoulder run alongside an attacker and then just kind of slide his body position so that he ends up pivoting between attacker and ball, and all of a sudden, he's in control of the ball. And it's just so silky smooth the way that he just moves into that space directly in front of the attacker uh, without committing a foul, without pushing... It's it's beautiful. You saw Ivan Tony is frustrated right. a couple of times, a couple of times during the game. He's he is. It's it's poetic. It's it's beautiful to watch. Absolutely. So I think both of us are in alignment. We're looking at hopefully a Spurs win. Um, you think it'll be big? I think I it'll do. be a win, but we'll see. We'll see. It should be a fun game, nonetheless. Um, I think Spurs themselves are pissed off. So I I think. Yes. They we come out hard and fast, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, no, it's all good stuff, and it looks like we are just on track for uh, wrapping things up nicely on Dave time. Yeah. yeah, look at us. I know, I know. He's gonna be so proud of us. He better be. <laughs> I better, I, I better see a nice bonus in my uh, my weekly check. The, the wicked, the wicked Spursy royalty check. Exactly. <laughs> God damn! Better we better get on we better get on payroll then. Yeah, we'll we'll send a message and uh, you know try to keep it civil. But uh, what do we got for closing thoughts, Mike? Uh, my closing thoughts are going to be short this week. Um, we are approaching um, the 
end run of this season. And, and with that, I just want to talk about um, uh, our local club, Vermont green. Um, they just, they just announced their first returning player for this year. Uh, Musa, Musa and I, um, and uh, talk about a center, a center back with pace. Talk about a center back that, that is strong and, and, Puts in puts in the tackle and pl- puts in the work. Can play the midfield, play defensive midfield if he has to. Um, he could play. He could play up on high line. He's super tall. He can jump. Like the guy does it all. And uh, for for my money, he was at the end of the season last year. For me, was my MVP. Uh, even though uh, I did have like a little love affair with Zach Zenge. Uh, like love the way that kid scores and he's playing uh working hard uh for Columbus crew right now so um but Musa uh has just been announced as our first returning player um and we're coming up into March uh March 19th I think is going to be the date that Vermont Green will play in the US Open Cup uh, um which is quite the feat given that Vermont Green ha- has been exist in existence for Oh, about two years <laughs> yep. going into our third season. So um, that's quite the feat for an amateur team. Um, hoping to get, uh, I'm hoping to talk to Patrick, one of the owners uh, and find out if we can get a beat on whether we're going to have a home game or not, uh, which would be, which would be amazing and which would be super fun. It would also be super fucking cold. Um, Absolutely. But Virtue Field will be rocking and the the flares will be out. Um, so I'm just looking forward to that. Um, and I can't and I cannot wait. And I think that the announcement of Moose, I know they have their lineup probably already built, but or their their team already built, but just the announcement of Musa is uh is such a relief and it's and it and it sets the tone for more big players, player announcements in the in the coming days and weeks. Nice, nice. For me, I want to shine a spotlight on a different Premier League club uh, that I've been enjoying off to the side. Somebody who's not threatening Spurs at all, um, but who I'm still rooting for, uh, for other selfish reasons. And that's Luton Town. Hey. Uh, For two reasons, mainly. Number one, I'm a big fan of the Orange Kid. I think it looks really nice. And we don't see a lot of Orange uh, you know, ever it's always all oh, the every white, single week. the blue, the red. It's <laughs> no, give me that orange. That's that's a really solid kit color. Love to see it uh, in the league. Uh, but selfishly, I just want Everton to go down. I do, and so looking at the the table, you know, Luton in seventeenth, right above Everton. Uh, they still have a game in hand too, uh, which is is nice, but. I fuck man, if they can keep Everton in the bottom three and and stay in the league, I would be happy. I would take Luton over Nottingham Forest as well. Um, but you know, looking at the bottom of the table at all the clubs that are you know potential relegation candidates, I really hope they're the ones that get to stay up because I, I they're fun to watch. Uh, they've got a solid looking kit and they're not Everton. So let's let's see more Luton Town in the Premier League. You know what Luton Town doesn't do? They don't take any shit either. They 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 go out there and they play their game. It's kind of it's kind of fun to watch. Um I I, I don't know. I that. don't I still don't know if I can get on board. You but. see, the thing the thing that I enjoy about it is uh 
you get these remember back when we played them and we won like one nothing and people were like oh spurs oh, you could only bottom of the table Luton town you could only win one nothing and then Luton town made just about every single one of those fans eat their fucking words um i i love it their fucking goal fest that they had the other day versus newcastle 4-4 they beat brighton 4-0 that was a fucking amazing game to watch um they're just a fun team and uh as of right now i just don't have any problems with them so let's keep looting town uh if you're you know looking for an underdog in the relegation race and you want to see if you can you know support a team that's vying to stay in the league why not looting send yeah. everton back to fucking don't let know, it be forest or bright or uh or a brentford or fucking like, you know what? Yeah, Forest, you know, Forest time's done, too. You know, they I were mean, fuck Sheffield novel. United. Fuck Sheffield United. I'd like them to, to go down and stand yeah, down they, forever. they look but... like they're fucked. Burnley looks like they're fucked. I think, uh, it's a, yeah. Know, not, yeah, it's it's between Everton, Forest, uh, Brentford, Luton, possibly Manchester Crystal City. Palace. Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, if they get uh, points deductions for all those counts, that would uh, <laughs> certainly be fun. But, yeah. No, I got to give it to Luton. They've been a lot of fun to watch in the uh, relegation race, and uh, I'm pulling for them to survive, especially when, if it means Everton going down. When asked about their uh, about their entrance, uh, their their Oak Road entrance, that that legendary entrance, um, the about having Manchester City and Erling Holland going through that entrance, um, the the owner said the owner said, "No, Erling Holland's not going to go through that shit entrance." He's going to go through our other shit entrance. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, how can you not get on board with that? Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So much better that, than the uh, you know blood money Saudis or the Todd Bullies of the world. That's correct. That's correct. So with that, uh, Steve, why don't you close? Steve, do you have anything you got to say to to the people out there? Absolutely, I do. Coys, 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 coys. And don't be an asshole. Mike, do you have anything that you would like to share with our loyal listeners? Loyal listeners, I just want you to go out there, tread lightly, and be safe. And? Oh, yeah. Tottenham Hotspur action. It's angtastic. <laughs>